Welcome to this week's Parsha Shir Parshas Nitzavim, and today is actually my Hebrew birthday, Chof Hei Elul. It's also the first day in traditional, uh, uh, in Jewish tradition of creation, and uh, so Briyas Olam starts on Chof Hei Elul. It's also the week before Rosh Hashanah. We always read Parshas Nitzavim in the on the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah, and. Uh, in this uh, week's Parsha Shir, we're going to look at the very beginning of Parsha Snitzovim, but through the lens of Rosh Hashanah and using my grandfather's Sefer, Mikdash HaLevi. Atem Nitzovim Hayoim Kulchem Lifnei Hashem Elokeichem. You are standing here today, all of you, before God, your God, Roshechem, the chiefs, the chieftains, the heads, Shivteichem uh, of your tribes, Zikneichem, the elders, the people who are older and wiser, the Shoytrechem, the people who take care of the laws. Shoytrechem, uh, in modern Hebrew, a Shoter is a policeman. But Shoytrechem doesn't quite mean policeman. It means the people who take care of the affairs of the community at large. Kol Ishistral and everybody. And then the Psukim go on to list each and every type of person who can be included in a community, in a con- congregation, in a nation. And uh, that's the way the parsha begins. The Mikdash Halevi, my grandfather, wants to point out, and in the two different Torah that we'll do today, he wants to point out that it's no accident that Nitzavim always occurs in the, on the Shabbos or the week before Rosh Hashanah. It is a pr- appropriate, it is the right thing to read in this period leading up to Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the Yomim Noiroim, the days of awe, or as I like to call them, the awesome days. It's not for nothing that this is the parsha that we read, this particular posuk, uh, on the Shabbos before Rosh Hashanah. Shekain. The Torah wants, wants to focus our attention wants to make sure that we're completely aware of the fact that it's not just in the days of judgment in the days of mercy hopefully god's mercy on us is well we translate in modern hebrew as apology but also has the connotation of the penitential prayers that we say in the week, or if you're a Sephardi, in the weeks leading up to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's not only during this particular period of the Jewish calendar year that uh, we have to be focused on the things that we're focusing on at the moment. It's the day. What does Hayoim mean? Every single day, you are always standing in front of Hashem. And of course, at this particular period of the year, we tend to get very focused on Teshuvah and on self-reflection. But the Torah wants to remind us that Atem Nitzavim Hayoim, today, whatever day it is, you are going to be in front of Hashem, and you should take care to do the right thing. At all times, any day, we are standing in front of God in judgment. As Chazal taught us in the Talmud, they said as follows, it's a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Daf Tezayin, Omid Aleph, Odom, Nidoin, Bechol Yoim, a person 
gets judged each and every day. Do you know what else the Posik wants to teach us, wants us to focus on, wants to really give us, give the right attention, the right level of attention to? We shouldn't allow, allow ourselves to believe. It's only Rishoyim. Do you know who gets judged? That's what we might think to ourselves. You know, we all rationalize. It's just one of those human characteristics that we all suffer from. We rationalize. We're going to rationalize. We're going to allow ourselves to think, do you know who's going to be standing in judgment? Do you know who's got something to fear when it comes to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur? I'll tell you, Rishoim, the wicked ones. I'm okay. I'm not a Rosh Hashanah. I'm a good good person. I'm all right. I'm going to be okay. That's what we might think. It's only them who are the Sunnim Basakona, they are the ones who are in danger. Because the fact is, they are wicked and they're the ones who are going to be judged by God to have done something wrong and therefore they have something to fear about the, about the year ahead. Elok Kulchem says that Mikdash Alevi, no, Atem Nitzovim Hayoim Kulchem. You, me, Everyone, we are all in this together. It doesn't matter if you're a tzaddik or a rosha or just an ordinary bloke. You are standing in front of Hashem in judgment, all of us. Kol echod ve'echod me'itonu. Each and every one of us. Rashechem, ziknechem, shaytrechem, kol ish Yisrael. And the psukim continued. Tabchem, neshechem. Everybody, everyone is included in this. We're all in this together, each as individuals and collectively as a community of people. Kulonu oimdim mideyoyim b'yoymoy b'mishpot. Each one of us is standing each and every day in judgment in front of God. And we should give that thought. We shouldn't, we shouldn't ever... Let our minds wander from that very central thought in our lives. Gedolim kiktanim, whether we are great or we're small and insignificant. We should always be making sure in any which way that we can that our spiritual situation, the manner in which we conduct ourselves in terms of our spiritual lives is always on an even keel to the extent that we might feel that we can, we could, uh, we could get through this. We're going to be able to get through this, but you have to focus on it. Don't coast. Don't allow yourself to think that it's just going to happen by itself. You need to be aware that you're standing or sitting in front of God each and every day, but particularly here, Nitzavim, standing. We're standing to attention in front of Hashem that we, we could be as it were, in front of the Kisar covered at any point in time, doesn't matter what time of the year it is, and it doesn't matter who we are, and that we should be able to sail through the judgment and the verdict should be positive. We should merit to have a good life and all the blessings and success that we seek. The fact is, if you think about it, Let's think about another festival that we have during the Jewish calendar year. Pesach. You know, when it comes to Pesach, the person who takes care of the house, the mother of the home, whoever it is, 
that needs to make sure that there's no chometz on Pesach, they don't start on Erev Pesach. Months before, they're already making sure that they clean the home and that there is no chometz anywhere to be found. So that when it comes to sanctify the festival itself, the moment when Pesach begins, not even one crumb of chometz will be found in the house. That's a fact, right? We know that people who take care about Pesach already a long time before Pesach, they're saying, no, don't bring chometz into there. Make sure that you don't eat in here. And they want to make sure that any cupboard or any closet or any drawer or any place where chometz could have crept or somehow got to during the course of the year that they're going to clean it out so that no chometz can be found or will be in their possession when the festival begins. So during the course of the cleanup, perhaps they begin in one particular part of the house. Obviously, we don't begin in the kitchen and we don't begin in the living room and the dining room, but we may begin in the bedrooms and it gets to a point where you've cleaned out a particular room in the home and there's no more chomets there. What do you do? You've cleaned out a particular closet or cupboard and there's no more chomets in that cupboard. Do you know what happens then? The cupboard gets closed and it, or the drawer, or whatever it is, or the room, and it's a note goes up on the door, no more chomets here. So that you know that this room or this particular place, this part of the house, no longer contains chomets and no chomets should be brought in there. And every precaution is taken to ensure that no chomets or anything that even remotely resembles chomets should be brought into that place to contaminate it so that it would have to be cleaned again. No, that's clean. We're done with that. We're not looking at it again. We move on to the next things and slowly but surely the house is prepared for Pesach. And as the festival of Pesach draws ever closer, the person who's taking care of the cleanup of the house uh, makes uh, puts ever stronger efforts into Ulam um, to make sure that there's no chomets in the house. Ulam The fact is that the satisfaction that that person will feel when it's all over. When the cleanup is done and the ha- entire house is completely free of any chomets kashe, he seder. You sit down to the seder night, and you know there is absolutely no chomets in the house. The the house is totally and utterly clean in terms of chomets. Everything has been taken care of. There is not an element of the house which has been which is could possibly have any chomets in it and you sit down to seder with such a feeling of satisfaction you feel so good about yourself i've made sure that this home is chomets free everything is as it should be and for that all the efforts that you've put in all the incredible efforts that you've put in to clean the house up it's worth it because you know that you've done the job and you've done the job properly. Similarly, Let's think about it. Why should it be any different when it's, when it's the period that's leading up to Rosh Hashanah, when we're going to sit in judgment, and we're going to sit in front of the judgment, I should say, of Hashem who's going to be judging us? 
Why should it be any different? It's slightly different in terms of what we're talking about, but it's similar, it's parallel situation, and surely we should act accordingly or similarly to the way we act in anticipation of Pesach. Madua in onoroyim es kolbenia odom oiskim bekad chasonus why isn't it that we don't see people working feverishly when it comes, or the similar feverishness, when it comes to preparations for the Yom Hadin, for Rosh Hashanah, for Yom Kippur? By Osid, that particular point in time is going to be determined the fate of this person for the coming year for the entire year one day you're going to have when you can present you know it's like sitting you're sitting at uh, a, a very big meeting if anyone who's in business will know you prepare very hard for the meeting you want to make sure you go into the meeting with all the information that's required any question that's going to be posed to you you're going to have an answer to because you know that that period of time however long it is 20 minutes an hour two hours three hours whatever it is it could be a whole day that time that you have in front of the person that can make the decision is crucial doesn't matter what happens afterwards in a way or it happens only because of what happens during the course of that meeting Yom Kippur is no different Yom Kippur is the day when you've got that conference with Hashem and he's going to make a decision based on all the efforts that you've put in until that particular point in time from that point in time and for the coming year that's what Yom Kippur represents so why don't we see people preparing like they prepare for Pesach how come we don't see the same efforts put in when it comes to preparing for Yom Hadin as we as we see when people prepare for Pesach surely at the very least we should put in the similar um, level of effort as we do when preparing for Pesach and, and, and for the months that uh, before the sanctification of the Chag, we're already preparing for Pesach. There's whole areas of the house which don't have any chomets. It's not Pesach in that room in the house. And yet there's no chomets there, but in preparation. How do we compare? What is it that we could do that would be similar? How could we prepare for Yom Kippur in the same ways we prepare for Pesach? Haloi, Shura Sadin, the fact is, Noisenes Lehepoch. It's, in fact, the opposite. You know what? Pesach has obligations. We know that. But we don't seem to have that same level of obligation, even in terms of what, what is expected to us, expected from us, um, uh, as it were. And the way that we prepare for Pesach seems the opposite of what we should be doing. Because you should put more effort into preparing for Yom Kippur than you do preparing for Pesach. In fact, there's no particular mitzvah that the Baliyaroi Baliyamotze in your bedroom should be a month before. No, the Baliyaroi Baliyamotze of Chomets only is from the afternoon of Erev Pesach until after Pesach. That's when you're not allowed to have Chomets. So if you took all the Chomets out of your bedroom the night before, it's totally fine. We have beer Chomets. Okay, I went to my bedroom. Bedroom, I found some chomets, I took it out. So why is it that my bedroom has to be chomets free a week or three weeks or two months before Pesach? Why is it that certain cupboards need to be cleaned out and that they have to be marked as chomets free such a long time before Pesach? It doesn't make any sense. There's no obligation for that to take place. But but when it comes to Yom Kippur, this holy, this awesome day, what is it that's different? 
you know what? Hashem gave us, actually delivered to us 40 preparatory days before Yom Kippur. Do you, know, do you know when it begins? It begins at the beginning of the month of Elul. That's when you should begin preparing for Yom Kippur. We don't say that you have to start preparing from the beginning of the month of Adar for Pesach. That doesn't exist. But we, it, there is evidence that from the beginning of the month of Elul that you should be preparing for Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur has this 40-day lead-up period which is designated as preparation time. This is a period of time where we are expected to prepare properly uh, in anticipation of the difficult judgment that we will, be, will have to, we expected to, um, you know, we're going to be standing in front of Hashem. Right? We're going to we're going to actually be it's Yom Adin. This is a moment, this is a really important moment in our lives. It's an it's an annual event, it's an annual review, and we should be preparing for it. And in fact, we've been given a period of time when we should prepare for it, and yet we find that in the period of time before Pesach, where there is no obligation to prepare, everyone's busy preparing. The house slowly gets clean in the weeks leading up to Pesach. But you don't find that people are cleaning themselves out in the weeks leading up to Yom Kippur, even though there is a period of time that's designated to do just that. Why don't people take advantage of these days? The truth is, okay, you're going to answer. I'll tell you what. I come to shul every day, and every day, twice a day, I say the capital tilim, the chapter from the Psalms, Perik Chavzayin 27, I say, L'david Hashem Oyevi Yishi, etc. There's a particular psalm I say every single day in the anticipation of between Rosh Elul until Yom Kippur. In fact, I don't even stop at Yom Kippur. I go all the way through to Hashanah I say it every single day. That's preparation, surely. I'll tell you what else we do every day. From the beginning of Elul until Rosh Hashanah, we blow the shofar. Oh, you see, I am preparing. I am doing something. I'm hearing the shofar. I'm blowing the shofar. In fact, the Yeshon Ke'elu Shetoikim Gambavaseim there are people who don't just rely on the shofar in shul. They come home, they have a shofar in their talus bag, and they take it out and they blow shofar for their wives every day and for their children, the children who don't go to shul. They should all say shofar. You see, we're preparing very hard. It's just like Pesach, right? We get closer to Rosh Hashanah. I began this week already. We began saying slichus in anticipation of Rosh Hashanah. You see, we're doing something more. We got up a bit earlier. We're a bit sleepy-eyed. We get to shul and we're doing Hashanah Bogadnu and we're saying Shema Kaleinu. You see, we're we're getting prepared. It's just like Erev Pesach or the weeks leading up to Pesach. Yeshnam shemiskashim liyadidehem leachel shana tovah gmachsima tovah. There's something else that we do. You know what we do? We lift up the telephone and we say, we call up our friends. We say, um, hello, I haven't spoken to you for some time. I just want to wish you Shana Tova and I want to wish you a Tova. I want to tell you that uh, you should have a wonderful year and we give all the brochas and they return the brochas. You see, we're getting prepared for Rosh Hashanah. Over Rosh Hashanah, Atzmai and Rosh Hashanah itself. Gam Makpidim Lechol Eskola Simonim. Do you know what we do on Rosh Hashanah? We get to the meal at the, at the meal, the first night of Rosh Hashanah. We have all the different things that we eat. We eat a fish head and we eat 
uh, pomegranate and we eat uh, apple and honey, all these simonim that we have to remind us that it's a new year and that we're going to be sitting in judgment and we want to make sure that we have all these simonim so that we're in the spirit, we're in the mood of Yomim Noiraim. In fact, we avoid, studiously avoid all of the foods which, uh, which don't have positive connotations like uh, like the nuts that we don't eat we wouldn't I can't eat an egoist do you know why because it's almost exactly the same gematria as hate which means sin oh we must avoid sin it's very very important at least we must avoid eating something that might have a gematria that's similar to sin you see just like in the weeks leading up to Pesach when it gets to Elo, we're doing all of these things in the lead up to Rosh Hashanah. We're so careful, Rosh Hashanah itself. So it's just the same as Pesach. Really? You know what, says the Mikdash Alevi? You're fooling if you're, yourself if you think that this is what is required as a preparation for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Uh-uh, that's not what, that's not what Hashem expects. It's really, that's what you think Hashem wants from you? To say Ludovid and hear the shofar and not eat um, egoism and make sure to have dip an apple in honey and say Slichus a bit earlier in Shul? Really? That's it? That's the whole thing? Vadai Shalai says the Mikdash Alevi. That's not what Hashem wants from you. That's not what we're talking when we say, Atem Nitzav Mayoim Kulchem. That's not what it means. Do you know what he wants from us? That on these days, these days of rachamim, of mercy and slichos, and when we are davening the penitential prayers that we say, Our duty and our obligation is to make sure that we clean out all the rooms or the different crevices, the chadre libenu in our hearts, inside of ourselves. That's what we need to be doing. Kol sadak. Every corner and every crack. Every nook and every cranny. That's what we do when we clean out our houses of chametz. That's exactly what we do. Do we do that before Rosh Hashanah? If you say Ladovit Hashem Oravishi twice a day, are you cleaning out your house of all the chomets? I don't think so. Imagine you would say before Pesach, I'm preparing for Pesach. Do you know I'm preparing for Pesach? Every single day I sing Manishtana. Really? That's preparing for Pesach? Yes, every single day I read at least one article on Wikipedia about matzah. Really? That's preparing for Pesach? So when it comes to Rosh Hashanah and you say, I heard the shofar in shul, I'm really in the Rosh Hashanah mood. That's it? That's the sum total of your investment in Yomim Noiraim? How could that be? How is that even possible? You know what? Do you know what Hashem wants from us? He wants to make sure that we are totally devoted in every aspect of our lives, in those moments in time, to correct those things that need correction. And after we've corrected those things, we've cleaned out those rooms from any chomets. We have to be super careful not to be caught up in that situation again so that we fall again back into the trap of being that that we have cleaned ourselves out of. 
That's what Hashem wants from us. Not to say Ledovit Hashem and go a bit earlier to... No, of course you should go earlier to Slichus. Because, by the way, that might be the platform that makes you think a bit. But simply attending Slichus, being another body in shul, and hearing the shofar, and it goes in one ear and comes out the other, that's not sufficient. It's not sufficient. It doesn't clean out any chomets from the Chadre Libecha. Absolutely not. That's not what Hashem wants. Hashem wants us to search ourselves out properly. Do we have clean mouths? Do we say the right thing to people? Do we behave correctly with our mouths in the way we address people and in the way that we are pronouncing the things that we're saying? Are we saying the right things? Sometimes you can think something doesn't always mean that it has to come out of your mouth. Are we sure that everything that comes out of our mouth is proper? Are our eyes pure? Are the things that we see the things that we ought to be seeing? Are our ears innocent of any blemish? Are we hearing the right things? Are we listening to the right things? Are we allowing the right things to go inside of our neshama through these different methods of delivery? Our eyes, our ears, the mouth. Are our hearts pure? Are all our thoughts sanctified? And shining. Do our legs only run to things that Hashem wants us to do? Really? Is that where is that where we're rushing to when we're rushing? If we're entirely honest with ourselves, do you know what? If you think carefully to yourself, what do I have to correct? And you're actually honest about it. You'll discover there's lots of things that you could be doing better. It doesn't mean you're a terrible person. It just means that you need to clean out the chomets. It's not a bad thing to have chomets in your house, but it's a bad thing to have a chomets in your house on Pesach. And you want to make sure that in anticipation of Pesach, you've, you've acted well ahead, well in advance. To make sure that when Pesach comes, there's no chametz. Why is Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur different? It's not different at all. You've got to make sure that you've cleaned out all the chametz. And you've got to actually think, where would that chametz be in my persona, in my character, in the things that I do? Then you've got to clean it out. And you've got to do that in anticipation, well in advance. Im <laughs> If we're really seeking a thorough cleansing of ourselves, with at least the same level of seriousness that we uh, that we are so committed to when it comes to cleaning our homes for Pesach, really that's the way we think. There's no doubt at all that when we get to the festival of Rosh Hashanah and specifically Yom Kippur, Yom Hadin, 
that we'll be in a much better a much better place. We'll be much better off than if we, if we hadn't thought about it at all. Think about it. Do the things that need to be done, and then you're going to be able to get to that better place, so that you can face Yom Hadin as you ought to be facing it. That you can sit down, as it were, to the Seder night of Yom Kippur of Yom Kippurim, and and be in the right place and and feel that sense of satisfaction knowing that you've done whatever you can do to reach the place of cleanliness, that you've been through that thorough cleansing, that clean-up that you need to be through in order to be in the place that you are. And through that, you'll be written and sealed. All of us, we will be sealed into a life that's good, that's long, and it's, that's peaceful. That's the first Vatora about Atem Nitzovim, that uh, relates to Rosh Hashanah, but the Mikdash Alevi doesn't stop there. He goes on with the second one. Atem nitzavim ayom kulchem lifnei Hashem eloikeichem rosheichem shivteichem zikneichem v'shoytreichem kol ish Yisrael. Parshas nitzavim hina parsha she'onu koyim b'toyra tomid v'shabos achroin lifnei Rosh Hashanah. You know what? We know that the parsha of nitzavim is the parsha that always gets read in the, on the Shabbos that's before Shoshana. Sometimes it's read together with Vayelech. On other occasions, it's read on its own, but it always occurs in the Shabbos before Shoshana. Haparshazu Paiseches Bemilim. Do you know what words it begins with? We've read it quite a few times already. Atem Nitzovim. You are standing. Kashemashmois Hadovahinah Ki Aleinu Lizgor Tomid Sh'onu Nitzovim those words, the connotation of those words, the implication of those words, to remind us constantly at all times that we're standing in front of Hashem. We're standing in front of the King of Kings, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with all of the implications that that might engender with all of the aspects of what that may mean, standing in front of Hashem, Atem Nitzovim, you're standing in front of Hashem, and with anything that that would obligate us to do. You know, knowing that you're standing in front of Melech Malchiam Lochim is greatly significant in terms of both the way that you should be and what it is that you are expected to do. If we truly want to understand the character of these days of Yomim Noiraim, let's think carefully using the following example, the following idea to illustrate what it is, what it means, Atem Nitzovim at this particular point in time, during the Yomim Noraim, Kasha Odom Oiver Dira, Ledira Chadosha. Let's say somebody's moving. He lives in a particular place, he lives in a home, and he's moving to a new home. Ledugma Leezo, you cross the Yose, he's moving to a, to a slightly better, I mean, that's usually what happens. A person moves from one home to the next. Generally speaking, they're going to try and go a bit more upmarket either bigger or better home in one way or another. So you're moving to a slightly better place. Who Oise be koires retzinis bechol chafetzov. 
You know what he's going to do? He's going to have a serious review of all of his possessions that he's got in his current location. You know what? You live in a particular place. You live there for a few months, a year, a few years. Lots. Of, there's a big build-up of possessions and of things that's kind of just inertia. They end up there and you never move them and you don't repair them and you don't do much with them. They're just there and you're used to them and that's all. But when you're moving, it's quite a different thing because it means you're going to have to pay the moving company or you're going to have to do it yourself to move all of these items from where you are now to the new place. And you want to think carefully about that. You know what? Nobody moves everything that's in the previous location to the new location. That's not the way it works. Which of these chafetzim, which of these possessions, the things that he owns, which ones are necessary? And which ones are extra, unnecessary? Which ones of the things, of the many things that he owns, which ones are broken and which ones are okay to use and they're good enough to move to the next place. Which ones are good enough to use and which ones are worn out or tattered? And what about all of these tatty items that he owns? What's he going to do with them? You know what he's going to do? He's going to throw them into the trash. They're, they're, the only thing they're good for is the garbage. Now, of course, when you were living there, you didn't think to throw them out. But now that you're moving, you want your new place to look much nicer. You don't want to take with this broken chair or this broken item or these papers that you no longer need. You're going to throw everything out. The kach gam es... All of these things which are useless, which are broken, what are you going to do with them? You're going to leave them behind, you're going to throw them away, you're not going to keep them. The only thing you're going to bring with you to your new place are the things which are nice, the things which are okay, the things which you can use. Those are the things that you're going to bring with you. And obviously there's going to be quite a big percentage of the things that you own in your old place that you're not going to take with. The reason why you're only going to take the nice things with is because you want your new place to look nice and to be functional in the best possible way without all the uh, paraphernalia that you've built up in your previous um, in your previous location. You want it to be as streamlined and as fantastic as possible without any of the baggage of the past. You're in a new era, in a new home, and that's the way it's going to be. It's exactly the same for us when it comes to dealing with Yomim Noraim, with Rosh Hashanah. When we want to leave behind us the year that we've just had and we seek to go to a new year, into a new year, we need to have a serious house cleanup and a search and a review of all the things in the previous place, a bedek abayis. We need to think of all the things that we've done in the past year. What befits taking them into the new year? 
into our new location. It's a location in time, not a location in space, but it's still like moving from your past home into your new home. Is this thing that's part of our personality, is it worth taking with us into our new home, into the new year? Or should we be leaving it behind? Should it go into the pacha ashba, into the trash can? There is a pasula. Which of those things are really toxic that we don't want them at all? We need to get rid of them. We need to distance ourselves from them. What are those things? We need to have a bit of a cheshben as to what it is that we're taking with us and what it is that we are leaving behind. We need to think which of these things that we have in our lives leads us into um, fulfilling the word of Hashem in the proper way. That we can tread in the way of Hashem as we move forward. Which of the things that we have in our lives, of our, in our personalities, in the way that we conduct ourselves, that actually distances us from the way of Hashem, from what it is that Hashem wants from us. After all, we all want a relationship with Hashem. We want that relationship to be unencumbered with things that hold us back and keep us down. We have to abandon anything that restricts us in terms of having a beautiful and wonderful relationship with Hashem going forward when we move into the new location, into our new home, which is the year that is about to begin. In the same way that a person renovates their new home, that they're moving into, he wants to be able, you know, you move to a new home, you want to be able to feel as if you're in a better space, that you can function better, it, it, it brings out the best in you. That's what you do when you move into a new home. You paint it and you repair the things which may be broken there. You change things around. You make sure that the furniture that you bring in is in the right place, so that you can feel good. And you sit down, imagine that uh, you are moving into a new home, that wonderful feeling of being in this fresh and beautiful location. That's why we need to do. We need to renovate the new year. If we're going to be a bit more precise about it, it. We need to renovate and do the right thing in terms of correcting ourselves. Not the place, because you can't correct the time. In order for the new year to be a better place than the one we are in now, we need to renovate ourselves. We have to make sure that we do everything that's possible in order that the new year, that when we get into it, we are corrected, we are in the best possible place for ourselves. In terms of the effort that we put in, it must be at the highest level so that we can really move in into a fresh and beautiful new place. And it's extremely important, one of the most important things in anticipation of the new year that is ahead of us is we need to be honest with ourselves. You know what? Denial is one of the most common human traits. Not 
being aware of oneself, not having the level of self-awareness that one needs for self-improvement is one of the great downfalls of human nature. Of course it's true. Let's, let's take a, a basic halacha, uh, um, a mitzvah that we all keep. Every one of us wants to keep kosher. All of us go to shul, hopefully as often as we can, or at least that's what we think. We set aside time to study Torah. I mean, after all, you're watching or you're listening to this year, and that's time you could be doing something else, but you've set aside time for Torah. So you're already doing that. And we do our best in terms of our relationships with other people. And we want to be the nicest that we can to everybody who's around us. We visit the sick. We take care of the sick. We give charity. We tithe all of our possessions, what we get, our income, so that we give the maximum amount to charitable causes. Avol. Are we really doing enough? And this is where you need honesty and self-awareness. Are we keeping kosher to the best of our ability? Are we davening with the right level of kavona, or as often as we should in shul? Is it really sufficient, our level of Yiddishkeit, our level of commitment to what it is that God wants from us? Are we really fulfilling our destiny, discharging our duty in terms of what it is that we should be doing for our Father in Heaven? The truth is, we're honest with ourselves. If we have reached that level of self-awareness, we probably haven't quite made the grade as much as we'd like to think. When we're on autopilot, as we are for most of the time, then perhaps that's what we think. We think, yes, of course, we've done everything that we can and we're the best that we could possibly be. But if we have a, a real think about it, if we sit down and focus on it, and if we're entirely honest, and if we've reached that level of self-awareness that we really do want to reach, and we're not in denial, I think we'd all agree that we could be doing better, some in other areas, some in different areas, whatever it may be, we could be doing better. In these days, before we go into to the new year that is almost upon us, it's going to be our new year, it's like our new home, before we, we turn the key in the door and open it and walk into the new year, we should go through everything that's going on in our lives. Go through everything that we are doing in the deepest and profoundest way possible. We should be thinking to ourselves, not just that we're davening, not patting ourselves on the back and saying, of course I daven, I daven every day, I pray every day. How are we davening? What does our davening actually look like? Are we just saying the words? Are we thinking about the translation of the words, of the meaning of the words? Are we doing it fast? Are we doing it slowly? 
הלוי התפילה הינו אחד הדברים העומדים ברומו של עולם. תפילה, prayer, is one of the most important aspects of human existence. It is our interface with God. This is how we relate to Hashem through tefillah. It's not just something you mutter and mumble under your breath. It's not something you just say because you need to say it because it says in the, in the Shulchan Aruch that you need to daven every day. This is your method of connecting to Hashem, of conversing with God. Are you doing it properly? Are you doing it in the best possible way? Kafisha Melamdim Oisono Chazal, as Chazal taught us in the Gemara, it's a Gemara in Brochus Davov. And you know what? Our commitment to prayer must be so strong, must be so powerful. It must be the center of our lives. Every one of us could govern better and could govern more. What is it? Sometimes you daven and you've got other thoughts going on in your head. Okay, I said the words, but I was thinking about something else. Birure Hevel, with nonsensical ideas, you know, things that fly into your head when you're davening. You know, one of uh, the Amoraim says that when it's amazing, he says, I can barely daven one brocha. I mean, this is not Moira in the Gemara. So I can barely daven one brocha without thinking about everything else under the sun besides for what I'm saying in the tefillah. Somebody from Chazal couldn't daven. Uh, so you and me, we shouldn't be too upset if that happens to us. But he's telling us a very important point. At least we should be aware of it. And we should be trying to change ourselves. At the very least, we should be working on ourselves to get rid of this particular aspect, uh, this uh, this way of us conducting ourselves, we should try and get rid of it before the new year. And not take it with us. Not daven exactly the same way on Motzei Yom Kippur as we davened on Erev Rosh Hashanah. That wouldn't be much good, would it? We have to be doing it differently. And the only way we can be doing it differently is if we think about it, honest with ourselves, self-awareness, and so on and so forth. These days, we have to explore each and every one of our deeds and of our acts. Not just to see, did we do it? The fact that we carried it out, that we discharge our duty, we can check that one off the checklist. The quality of the thing that we did. What was our investment in that thing? And to take with us into the new year only those things that can go through the test and pass because they have the required criteria. Only those things which are worthy and have been through a complete and utter Correction. Those are the things that we take with us into the new year, into our new home, the year that is ahead of us. I want to take this opportunity of wishing you a ksiva vachsima toiva. And you should have a wonderful year. Your davening on Rosh Hashanah and on Yom Kippur should be at the highest possible level. 
free from any machshavai zorais and free from any distractions that might take you away from the core and important part of our connecting to God at this Yomim Noroim, this awesome time of year. Le Shabbat Shalom. Thank you.